it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio once again. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Friday, October 2nd. It's 2020, the first podcast of October. Not only is it that, but it's Friday, which means it's time for Matchup Podcast, which means I'm joined once again by Ben Gorwitz. Ben, say what's up to the people. How's it going, everybody? I've clocked out of work. The smile's on my face. I'm ready for some college football, and I'm ready for some NFL football. Cannot wait to talk about some of these matchups. Yeah, I'm I'm chomping at the bit, man, to get after. This is another great weekend. We finally have a top 10 matchup and another great ranked matchup on our hands. I mean, even other than that, we still have some great college football games. We're going to find out more and more about each and every single one of these teams. Um, we'll go ahead and start off with the biggest game of the entire weekend. This game's on 730 on ESPN. It is the Auburn Tigers at the Georgia Bulldogs. Auburn's number seven in the nation, Georgia number four. The spread is currently UGA minus seven and a half. The over-under is set at 45 and a half. Um, ben, what are you thinking on this game? You and I talked about this game as soon as that line came out, and it started at plus seven. And I'm already going to go ahead and give my pick right now. We have both already taken Auburn plus seven. After what we saw, uh, the inconsistency with Georgia at quarterback, I don't know how you can give them seven points. Now it's seven and a half, you just said. Um, I still don't understand that. I think Georgia being home, even without the fans, I think it's a sense of uh, a little bit more comfortable for them. The defense looks great. It's the same story with the offense. Can Georgia score enough points when they play good teams? And I got to tell you what, I've been watching Georgia football for a um, my entire life. Um, this might be the weakest running back room they've had in a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not lack of talent on paper. I mean, Zamir White, I believe, was the number one running back out of high school. Um, James Cook was a high four-star, if not a five-star. Um, and then I like McIntosh's game. But these guys have not proven anything, partly because they're still a little young. And they were behind the likes of Sony, Michelle, and uh, Chubb. And I, I mean, this was supposed to be uh, Zamir White, Zeus, as people like to call him, his year, his time to shine. He didn't play much in that first half against Arkansas. I don't mm-hmm. know if an injury was involved. He got a little bit more involved second half. This is not a Georgia team that you can just run the ball and rely on them. There's no Gurley. There's no Chubb in that backfield. And they might have a new quarterback once again playing at quarterback. So we're back to that inconsistency factor that we talked about last week. So I love Auburn plus seven in this game. And to be honest with you, I like the under in this game as well. Yeah. um, So I have some good numbers for y'all. Might as well go ahead and give those first. So begin with um, UGA is zero 14 and two to over under at, at when they're at home or at a neutral site. So that's, to the under. That means 14 times has gone under, zero times has gone over in that situation, which is this Saturday when Georgia's at home. Um, UGA's 5-0 against the spread the last five home games versus Auburn, but the under is four of the last five times when UGA plays Auburn at home as well. So, I mean, honestly, I would be a little worried about that ATS stat just because I feel like in this series it's kind of home away switches, but, I mean, this is the COVID year. There's, no, there's not as many fans in those stands. They're only at, what, 25% capacity, I think? Yeah, it's something around 
That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like Georgia having the fans in the stands would give them the extra push. To be honest with you, this team still has too many questions. They haven't even named their starting quarterback yet. I mean, JT Daniels is cleared, but he has by no means been officially named the starter yet. I don't know if I'm that scared of Stetson Bennett, especially when you like under and a team over and you're getting over a touchdown. I mean, what's not to love here? I feel like those two are very well correlated. In my opinion, yes, Georgia has a great, great defensive line going up against an inexperienced offensive line. But, I mean, this Auburn defense is no slouch. Georgia's offense took forever to get going. I mean, that was pathetic. Five points in first half against Arkansas. I say there's no way you can't grab those points. I wouldn't be shocked if Arkansas, uh, I mean, if uh, Auburn wins this game outright. And this is, you know, this is a game with a matchup of two of the top wide receivers in the SEC. Uh, George Pickens, who I have at the top, if not just below the the two from Alabama. Um, And then you have – Seth uh, Seth Williams, right? Is his name Seth Williams? Yeah, from Auburn? yeah, wide receiver. Yeah, I think he's also one of the better um, wide receivers in the SEC, and he's a very good fifty-fifty ball guy. He's probably not going to get a lot of one-on-one. I have to think Richard LeCount or one of the safeties for Georgia might hedge his way a little bit. Um, but I got to be honest with you, Auburn's receivers as a whole, as a collective unit, is better than Georgia's because of the lack of experience in Georgia. Um, you you don't really know what you get after Pickens. Um, mm-hmm. There's guys that have been there for a while, but you know Robertson, since he came up from Cal, has almost had zero production for UGA. Um, Jackson didn't play much last year. He's He's been more of a special teams guy since his role. That's been his role at Georgia. He's a – I think he's the wide receiver two, if not three now. But Auburn's had had three guys, I believe, or maybe four, all come back. Um, And I I, I think it's too many points. I think seven and a half is too many points uh, with the inconsistency on Georgia's offense. I've been saying this. If Georgia can score – excuse me. If Georgia can score 20 points or 23 points right in that buffer zone, I think they win almost every single game on that schedule. Absolutely. Maybe not not Alabama because Alabama will have the better offense that Georgia plays all year. They should win this game. If they put up 23 points against Auburn, I think that's a win because I think Georgia's defense is good enough. I really do. I I have zero confidence that Georgia can score that many points. Yeah, my- I mean, why should I have no idea who's playing quarterback? They have not been able to run the ball that well. There's there's a rumor swirling around that you know I found out from uh, you know my roommates here. Mm-hmm. They both went to Georgia. That apparently Ben Cleveland is having second thoughts on whether he wants to even play football or not. That's a big-time offensive lineman. He is – I mean, I don't know if that's true. That might just be a rumor, but apparently there's something going on with his head. He did not play that well in week – excuse me, last week. That offensive line did not – I thought they would be able to shove Arkansas into the ground. Mm -hmm. That did not happen. Um, This is a big game for Kirby. Um, It really is big game. No, absolutely. You can't afford to lose this week when you got Alabama on deck. Auburn's got to have all hands. I mean, Georgia's got to have all hands on deck and try to pull this one out as much as they can. Um, also, I like your final score prediction. I'm thinking 23 or 24 to 20 is going to win this game or 21. I think it's going to be a real tight game, honestly. And I think it's I think it's going to be within a field goal either way. Kicking might be a big factor in this one. Also, Georgia doesn't have blank and shit back, so that could play a little bit of a factor as well. But, no, I'm right there with you, man. I just feel like there's too much uncertainty with Georgia. I mean, there's even uncertainty with Auburn. But when I have the better quarterback and I got the points, I mean, even if JT Daniels plays and I think he's a baller, he hasn't picked up a football in-game in since over a year ago. And this ain't the Pac-12. So, 
Yeah, it's it's not. I don't know. I could I see an upset brewing down in Athens this weekend. Um, next up is number thirteen. Texas A and M goes on the road to play number two Alabama. Your squad. Alabama is an eighteen point home favorite. I even saw it start ticking up to eighteen and a half. So you might want to go ahead and put this bet in the second you hear it. Oh, totals at thirty five and a half um, for the over under. Where oh, I think we all know what you're doing with this one. What are you thinking, Ben? So I'm going to be consistent with this all season long. Uh, when I look at an Alabama game, the first thing that pops in my head is to look at that first half spread number. Bama, it, I, they converted last year. They can they uh, beat the spread a, a tick over sixty percent of the time last year. I believe the number was. Mm-hmm. Um, Bama usually comes out firing that first half on all cylinders. They did last week against Mizzou. Um, Jalen Waddell looked unbelievable. Mac Jones' decision-making in deep ball was very accurate. Najee Harris looked like Najee Harris, and they dominated. Second half looked a little bit different. Um, They gave up 13 points. Most of the backups were in. Um, They were actually all in in the fourth quarter, but Missouri scored 13 points. Um, I doubt Saban was very happy about that. Um, There's also another stat that I know everybody knows, but I'm going to say it because it's very, very impressive. Nick Saban is 19-0 against former assistants. I believe the number is looking to go 20-0. And I think a lot of people would be surprised if Jimbo Fisher is the coach that breaks that stat. Um, I look for Saban to go 20-0 against his four. Or Owen. Or he's Owen. Owen. That actually. Yeah, he's been in A and M for at least three years, yeah, I didn't right? Even think about. It. I was just thinking about when y'all beat us back when we had DeAndre Francois at FSU. Yeah, no, I mean, Saban owns his former assistants. No one's – Kirby's been the closest, obviously, but no one's been able to beat him. I look for him to go 20-0 against his old assistants. Um, I look for Bama to roll. I, the first half, I'm going to look at the first half number. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, that magic number in my head. So you said it's about, it's around 18 to 18 and a half, so that makes me feel like the first half would be around 9 to 9 and a half, maybe even 10. It's I've seen ten and a half and elevens out in the market. It was at nine and a half earlier in the week when there's seventeen on the board. Okay, yeah, honestly, if it's above ten and a half for the first half, I probably won't take it and would rather take the full game. Um, so I got to do a little bit more research on Bama to see what the lines kind of finish at. Uh, but I, I look for Bama to roll in this game. I Jalen Waddle looked tremendous in Week One. Um, you know, just balling out. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said there, Ben. Ben actually mentioned to me Alabama first half. I said, why not? Because I already like them full game. I think this is an Alabama slaughter fest. I think Harris, um, Waddle, and obviously even Mac Jones have a date against Texas A&M. I could never get out of my head when Texas A&M and Kenny Stills marched into Alabama and lost 56-63-0, or whatever it was. I can just never get that out of my head. I mean, Texas A&M looked awful last week against Vandy. I didn't watch any of the game in real time, but I went back and watched some of it earlier this week just to see what they looked like and what was going on. I mean, they looked horrible. You could say they went vanilla just to try not to show anything to Alabama, but I really don't think they did. I've never been a Kellen Mond backer. Um, I've got to go Alabama full game and one half here. I mean, I personally would take the first half all the way up to 13 points. I mean, I'd say 12 and a half is where I stop because I think Alabama being up by 13, 14 is pretty reasonable for the first half. I'd say full game, I'd stop at 19 and a half. Once you get to 20, there becomes more of a chance for Texas A&M to cover. But, I mean, I love it. Alabama's 4-2 and two against the spread at home against Texas A&M. Also, we didn't even think about these two things, Ben. Apparently, Nick Saban was hot and was pissed off after how last game ended with Missouri scoring sure. his fourth quarter touchdowns. He was very pissed off about it, apparently. And also, this Alabama's home opener, man. They're going to have some fans in the stands. I think they have. I think they were allowing the largest amount of any college football team of fans in the stands for their first game. So, 
you know how how games go in out in Tuscaloosa, man. It's going to be a rowdy environment. Yeah, and honestly, you know, I touched on it last week. Um, you know, during Bama's first game, the presence and impact that one player has on this defense is is a lot higher than a lot of other teams in the country. I, I'm talking about Dylan Moses. Um, first drive, first defensive drive of the season, he makes a huge uh, tackle. And then he also had uh, Mizzou went for it on fourth down, I believe. It was fourth and two. Um, they did a little pitch play. Um, it was very good assignment football by Alabama. Dylan Moses had the running back and tackled him for a, uh, a loss. And, you know, you could Saban just had a little smirk on his face. This, this dude is the leader. He's the captain. He's the signal caller. And he's the vet um, on this Bama defense. And the fact that they did not have him last year due to an injury that caused this season – um, and Bama had to start two true freshman linebackers last year. They had a lot more problems than just that, but Bama's defensive line is getting healthier and healthier. Um, and their linebacking core is back. Um, you know, I think Dylan Moses is he's an impact player for the Tide. I agree with you completely, man. I mean, I pers- I don't give Texas A&M a chance in this game, to be honest with you. I'd be shocked if somehow they covered even if they backdoored. I think Alabama's going to come out and blow the doors off them, make a statement. Um, next game up on the list is Oklahoma, who's number 18 in the nation at Iowa State. Iowa State is plus 7.5, so they're a home underdog. And this, the number on this game is 63.5 for the total. What are you thinking here, Ben? Well, I owe everyone an apology if they were tailing me with Oklahoma this year. Um, Kansas State beat Oklahoma last year with Jalen Hurts. I did not see it coming this year. With Spencer Rattler, maybe I'm too high on Spencer Rattler. Um, Kansas State really confused him a little bit. Um, you know, does this game matter? In the, I mean, I guess it does because the one of these teams, the loser of this game, is completely out of the Big Twelve, completely. And I think Oklahoma is already out of the playoff contention because even if they win the Big Twelve, you have one loss to Kansas State, who's probably going to finish the year unranked. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I don't think. Too. Yeah, I mean. I don't think the committee is going to take that lightly. Um, not That's not to say Oklahoma doesn't have anything to play for. Um, of course they do. Iowa State has been awful. I mean, just awful this year. They lost week one, I believe it was to Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Yeah, UL Lafayette. Um, and then they weren't looking that good against TCU last week, especially in that second half. Um, I don't know what Brock Purdy's deal is this year. He was great last year. Um, was he though? You know, I mean, for an Iowa State quarterback, I'd say he was pretty good. I mean, when he had David Wait, Montgomery, was it two years ago? Was, was it two yeah. years ago? They yeah, did, I mean, when I'm he, thinking when he, David Montgomery was two years ago. Yeah, I mean, when he had David Montgomery, Hakeem Butler, Alan Lazard, yeah, and he, he had, had all the those NFL guys. guys. Looks great. I feel You're like right. he's never gotten better as a college quarterback. Like I've been saying that Matt Campbell and Iowa State and Brock Purdy and all them they're up next, but I feel like they've just kind of like gotten to that eight and four team or, you know, and I guess, in the, you know what I mean? That three yeah. lost team and yeah. they can't do any better. I had a year off. I was thinking Montgomery was last year. That's my fault. Um, I, I guess I'm taking Oklahoma in this game because I still think they can put up a lot of points. I, I don't really know what happened last week. I have zero confidence in Iowa state. And I, I gotta say, uh, when these smaller type coaches are pretty successful, you know, in the first couple of years and they're getting looked at by bigger schools, Sometimes, you know, it's a smart move to not take it. You just like the small-time atmosphere and you stay successful. i got to be honest with you, Matt Campbell may have missed his uh, chance at a big, big payday. 
because he was getting offers. He's going to be stuck at Iowa State for a long time now. If he's if he's if he uh, he's going to go one and two this week. If Oklahoma wins, I don't think job offers going to be flying in if he has a losing season. To be honest with you, he might have missed his chance. I agree with you completely, Ben, and I don't think job offers are going to fall are going to come flying in after they go one and two this week. Look, Oklahoma since two thousand off a loss is thirty four and zero straight up, twenty three ten and one against the spread, covering by an average of nine point five points per game. That's off of a regular season loss once again. Um, the over's gone over seven of the last eight times in this series. To be honest with you, this game opened at ten and a half and moved down. I think if you're going to take Iowa State, you already missed your chance. I think the yeah. only way to play this game is on Oklahoma. At the same time, though, Oklahoma's defense is pretty bad. I feel like if Brock Purdy's going to have a good game against anybody, it's going to be Oklahoma. I feel like 63.5, they can go over this. But to be honest with you, I'm not playing anything in this game. But if I had to, I would go Oklahoma and over. I feel like those are the two best ways to play this game at this point in time. Yeah, I, I'm. this is going to be a no play for me as well. Um, I am... I've already said the ones I'm taking. Auburn plus seven and the under in that game. And then probably taking Bama in their game. This is going to be a no play for me uh, in Oklahoma. Yeah, we're both on the same page so far. But hopefully we get a little disagreement once we get to the second half of these games here. Go ahead and start things out here with Bills Raiders. The current line is the Raiders as a three-point home dog over under at 53. I'll start us off on this one. I'm actually we've got a really strong play this week on the on the Bills plus three. I mean that's my one of my max bets, one of my favorite bets of the week. I'm a minus, minus three. Oh yeah, minus three. Sorry, shoot. I, if it was plus three, that might be my, my biggest bet of my entire <laughs> lifetime right there. Um, the Raiders have cluster injuries at wide receiver and offensive line. Brian Edwards, um, Henry Ruggs the third, and Tyrell Williams all out this week for the Raiders. I mean that's massive. You're gonna have Hunter Renfro, a slot receiver, playing wide out. Then you have tons of injuries on your offensive line. Trent Brown, Richie Incognito, and one other starting offensive lineman whose name's leaving me right now. I mean, none of those are good news when you're playing against this Buffalo defense. Buffalo, though, is 0-5 straight up and 1-5 ATS the last six times they played the Raiders. But that's in that's in when they were the when they were out in Oakland. I mean, there's no more black hole, though, and there's no fans there. So the Raiders are also losing a massive home field advantage edge, which I think hurts them a lot right here. Um, also, the Raiders are one of the seven worst defenses in the NFL in yards per game, YPP, and points per game, giving up over 30 a game. Bills, I mean, their defense has been average, but they've been missing two of their middle linebackers, and the Bills also gave up tons of garbage time points and yardage to the Rams. I mean, the Rams are down 28-3, to and the Bills almost let them come back and beat them. I would have cried, by the way, if they blew that one. But all this leads me to Buffalo. I'm very strong on Buffalo this weekend. Josh Allen, another MVP performance coming. Yeah, and the Bills do have a very good secondary. Uh, Tredavious White is one of the better corners in this league. Um, Micah Hyde has been a veteran safety that's been good for a uh, good amount of years now. And they also have Jordan uh, Poyer, who's one of the best safeties in this um, in this league. Um, I'm, I'm agreeing with you here. This is – it's, it's Bills minus three, and this is not even a second thought about taking anything else in this game. My only concern is will the Bills, you know, kind of a letdown playing a very injured and team they know they're better against. I just don't think that happens that often in the NFL. These guys are professionals. They usually come to play and the better team takes care of business most of the time, I feel like. Uh, when it's when it's uh, as lopsided as this, talent-wise, um, the better team usually comes out. I love what I've seen from Josh Allen so far. He's using his legs. Uh, at, a, at appropriate times he's not afraid to lower his uh his shoulder to use his big frame he's throwing the ball with tremendous accuracy especially as he gets closer to the red zone he's been tremendous 
Um, I love what I see from Buffalo. Um, I, this is this is a Bills minus three. I'm in agreement with you again. Hey, I love it, man. We're on. Hopefully, we're both not wrong this weekend. Is all I got to say. But you know, I honestly think see this is kind of a statement game here for the Bills. You know, people are still saying the Patriots are the best team in that division, and the Patriots came out last week and beat the brakes off the Raiders. I mean. I think the Bills might do it too. Also, remember Josh Jacobs is a little has been a little banged up as well. He's going to try to give it a go. Darren Waller's a little banged up too. So I mean, this could be one of those games where these guys come out here in the game, get banged up, and they're down even more. Yeah, and I do want to say the Raiders are two and one. Uh, they are off to a good start, but I got to be honest, like this is by far their toughest test. Um, they've played oh, yeah. so far. They've they've played Carolina, which they won. They played the Saints, who did not have Michael Thomas, and Drew Brees licked every bit of 40-whatever he is, literally oh, yeah. could not throw the ball. And then they lost to New England um, last week. They lost to New England, which was a close game, but they lost to the one team that they are worse than. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if I really saw them beating the Saints, but it was the home opener in a new, new stadium, new city. I think the juices were flowing for the Raiders. And like I said, Michael Thomas, the Saints' best player, wasn't playing. Um, so it's kind of like an asterisk win. This is by far their toughest test, and I expect the Raiders to show kind of really who they are. Um, I, I think they go 2-2 two and two after this week. No, I, I agree with you completely. I personally think the Raiders are going to have a good season this season, but I don't think this week. I agree with you completely. Next game up, 425. I think it's CBS. I think it's America's Game of the Week, actually. The New England Patriots go on the road to face Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City's minus seven, totals at 53. I'll start us off once again on this one. So I actually do have a play here, but I'm also going to advise y'all against another one. Look, I honestly wouldn't touch the Patriots in this game. They're three and six ATS the last nine times I played Kansas City. And I honestly think Andy Reid's figured out Bell Belichick. When you think about it, back to when they had Alex Smith and Kareem Hunt on Monday night or on a Thursday night football to start the season off. Andy Reid ran the ball all over and embarrassed the Patriots on national TV. Then, you know, in the first half, even of that play of that playoff game when they played each other in the AFC Championship game, they couldn't do anything in the first half. The second half, they scored every single time they had the ball and were pretty much unstoppable. If they got the ball in overtime, who knows? Tom Brady might have one less ring right now. I feel like that Andy Reid's offense in his mind, I feel like he's figured out ways to scheme through Belichick's defense or Belichick can't really react to the changes Andy Reid makes. All that, I mean... It's just hard for me to play against Kansas City or to play on them here because they are on a short week. Belichick having an extra day to prepare for you kind of scares me a little bit too. But with all that being said, I like the over a lot here. New England's um, in Kansas City have gone over five of the last six times they played in Kansas City. Also, I mean, Kansas City is a super high-powered offense, and you know you can definitely move the ball on that defense. I think Newton and them should have no problem. I bet this game will go a lot like that Seahawks game, except I think Kansas City wins by two scores. Yeah, this is going to be a no play for me. I'm just going to watch as a fan of the sport. Um, like, you know, I like I like that uh, trend stat you just said about the over five out of the last six times. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I, like you said, I think the most important thing that you said was the fact that the Chiefs are coming off on a uh, short week, off a tough. I mean, it didn't look that tough, maybe because they did blow out the Ravens, but it, it was a tough mindset game. Oh yeah. Um, coming off a short week, uh, like you said, and then Bill Belichick having the extra time to prepare for Mahomes. I think that'll help in, in some ways because he's just a mastermind. But at the end of the day, I and I like this Patriots secondary. Uh, the McCourty brothers are great. Um, and then Gilmore, who I think is the best corner in football. It's just too many weapons. 
Um, too many weapons for Kansas City, starting with the the cannon that's attached to the right arm of number 15. Um, I just – I could see what you're saying with the Patriots should be able to move the ball. But at the end of the day, though, they're going to stop Cam Newton. I, I think Tyron Matthew is a guy to watch in the box. It's a lot. It's a big size difference he's given up, but the Honey Badger don't care. He's never cared about size. He could tackle Cam Newton one on one. You know, I think he's gonna follow Cam in the run game. I think that's your best bet if you're Kansas City defense. Like I said, this is gonna be a no play for me. But you know, hopefully the Patriots can keep it close just so it's an exciting game, and hopefully they can get a bunch of points for your over. Hey, let's hope so, too. I want to give the people another winner on that one. It's going to be a fun game, though, to watch regardless. But last game we have is another back to 1 o'clock. Honestly, one of the better games of the whole weekend. The undefeated Indianapolis Colts, 3-0, go play at Chicago at Soldier Field against the 3-0 Chicago Bears. The Bears are a three-point home underdog. The total set at 43. You want to take us away on this one, Ben? The uh, the Colts lost week one to Jacksonville. Oh, the 2-1. Sure, you're right. Yeah, you're two right, and one. right. Um. Yeah, this is a very interesting matchup because um, you have Nick Foles going to be starting at quarterback, which he probably should have been starting since week one. Um, so he, we got a new Bears quarterback. That's that's good news for Bears fans. Uh, Big Dick Nick just led a huge comeback win against the sorry-ass Atlanta Falcons. Um, I will say the Colts are kind of confusing to me. Um, the talent is there. On offense and defense, um, especially with the trade for DeForest Buckner, that defensive line got better. I love Leonard at middle linebacker. I just they're very confusing because I don't trust Philip Rivers in a in a week by week basis, and I think uh, Khalil Mack was kind of limited against the Falcons. I I think he's been practicing this week. That's a guy that can really just get in. Philip Rivers can't move. So if the Bears can get pressure on him, uh, Phillip Rivers could have a long day because he he doesn't want to move, nor can he move. I lo- And uh, who was the receiver that just went down? Was it Pittman for the Colts? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a loss. I, I, anytime you take away Phillip Rivers' weapon, he also lost uh, Marlon Mack the week before. If I don't think I'm going to play in this game, but if I was, I'm leaning towards the under in this game. Um you know, both teams have a pretty good defense, and I just don't trust Phillip Rivers. Hey, I agree with you completely, Ben. I actually have a max bet out on the under, so I haven't max bet it yet solely because I did one unit on what I released so far. But that's just because the, because there's supposed to be bad weather, and I just want to double-check to make sure the weather actually happens because I think if not, we can get a point or two back. It's supposed to be very rainy and windy, so I think if not, we can get a point or two back. If so, we might have to lose a point or two, but I don't really think it'll matter in the long run if that's the case. Um, the Bears have gone under five of their last six games. That one over was against the Falcons. The Colts have gone um, under four of their last six, one of those being that game one against the Jags, which is a weird game. Um, like I said, you know, it's bad weather and it's a dome team. I mean, when I look at this game and from a side stand, actually, first let me get my last two. Uh, re- so the also two, the um, under in a Bears game after being an away dog is one in 11. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, there's another huge under stat right there. Um, but honestly, sidewise, I can't really pick one. And my main reasons being 
when you think about this game, you know, the why is a team that's 2-1 and one favored over a home team that's 3-0? and oh? I think the Bears personally are kind of frauds, and that's what Vegas is telling us is they're big-time frauds. Um, also, on top of that, the Colts are 0-6 in their last six road games straight up. So, I mean, that doesn't help them either, the fact they're favored there. But, I mean, they're a dome team, man, playing in this bad weather. I just feel like there's no way you can bet on the Colts. I mean, I could see Phillip Rivers chucking up five picks in this game, and it would be real ugly. So, I'm staying on the not, under in this one. Not only are they a dome team, but their starting quarterback is used to perfect weather in San Diego for his entire career. Yeah. Um, not saying Phillip Rivers has never played in a bad weather game, but – He's not used to it. Um, uh, if the weather stays bad, then add the under of this game to my card um, because that uh, that just seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying right there. Um, that's, those are the last games that we have to break down. But Ben had a couple of his personal bets he wanted to give out to y'all. Well, let's hear what y'all think. Yeah, so I got um, Jags plus three uh, to start us off. They're playing in Cincinnati. I believe that has move to two and a half now in Cincy's favor. So that's going in my direction. Personally, I just don't understand why Cincinnati could be favored in any game. Uh, not only have, I mean, they had a very good chance to win last week against the horrible Eagles. Couldn't get it done. The Bengals just, I like their receiver talent and I like Burrow and Mixon's. It, it's there. The offense is, is there from a talent point that should be able to get a win. But I'm not betting against Gardner Minshew in a game that they think he's going to lose to the winless Bengals. I think plus three is too much. That's what I got him at. Um, at this point, if the line keeps moving, I look to take a Jags money line if you haven't already gotten the plus three. Another game I've already taken is uh, well, I took the Bills minus three with you. I already said that. I like the Cardinals uh, minus three against they're in Carolina. Um, when this line came out, I did not understand why they're only a three-point favorite. I think this is a big game for Kyler Murray. Um, I think he's going to come out and just have a very good game. Regard, uh, I know that DeAndre Hopkins is questionable for the game. I do expect him to play. He's a tough guy. Um, Kyler, who is not in the MVP talks anymore after throwing, was it three interceptions last week? Yeah. And the loss. So. I I think Kyler's the real deal, and I expect him to show everyone that he's the real deal by having a very good game against a Carolina team who's not that good especially without Christian McCaffrey. I like the Cardinals in that game. I also am picking against my Atlanta Falcons, uh, which means they'll probably Ugh. screw me this week. Ugh. I'm taking Packers minus seven on Monday Night Football. Listen, I believe Devontae Adams is back. Uh, I believe he's listed as questionable still, but he has been practicing. That's horrible news for the Falcons. Horrible. I, believe, I, I think they get Kendall Sheffield back this week in the secondary. Doesn't matter. They're all scrubs. Um, Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't matter who's, who's his receiver. That man could flick his wrist and get the ball to anybody. I think the Falcons struggle, and it's going to kill me to see them lose big time on Monday Night Football, um, you know, national TV. But they're 0-4. They're going to go 0-4 um, regardless of the spread hits. I, seven points, the Packers should easily be able to cover that. Um, so I'm taking Packers minus seven, but knowing the Falcons, when I take them, they screw me. When I go against them, I'm expecting to get screwed because that's what Atlanta does. Hey, well, you hit on the head, Ben. That's what Atlanta does best. Um, for me, I'm going to go ahead and give out one more play. It's another max bet. I'm actually in agreement with Ben on that Jags pick. I absolutely love the Jaguars this weekend, man. I think it's 
I think three points against the Bengals. Like, I honestly think the wrong team's favored right there. I think that's a steal. So uh, I'm rocking with the Jags this weekend, and I think Gardner Minshew's going to come out and have another good game. I got I got uh, one question for you because I heard it on Get Up this morning, and it, it's right. pretty funny. Mike Greenberg, who I love Mike Greenberg. Um, someone, since he's been on Mike and Mike in the morning, I, I used to always listen to that. Love Mike Greenberg. Is a longtime, lifetime Jets fan, okay? Uh-huh. He said if the Jets get the number one pick, if he's Trevor Lawrence, he's having serious discussions about returning to Clemson. Now, before – that sounds absurd, right? Who passes up mm-hmm. on the number one pick? Mike Greenberg says he will believe till his grave that Peyton Manning did the same thing. And I have never heard that. I was a little too young um, for Peyton Manning's Tennessee days. Same. Peyton Manning – came back for his senior year and the Jets had the number one pick when he could have come out his junior year. Mike Greenberg has a theory that it's because of the Jets and they've been a, you know, a shit show ever since I've been alive, basically. They had a couple of good years with Rex Ryan, but... Mark Sanchez, the GOAT. Yeah, the GOAT of butt fumbles. (laughs) Um, So, that's... Do you have an opinion on that? I think it'd be pretty crazy to turn down a number one pick regardless of the team you go to. Um, that's I saw your eyes light up. I mean, that's an interesting take, don't you think? Yeah, honestly, I would do the exact. Uh, well, let's say this: it would if Adam Gates is still the head coach, I would do it without even thinking twice. Return to Clemson, the head coach, and what the yeah, and what the direction is. I mean, they do have some decent offensive linemen, though. I mean, like they have Mackay Becton. They have a. Uh, He's looking other, good. Yeah, He's looking good. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. They looked awful last night. I got sacked a lot. This is because they have a lot of injuries on that O-line. But, I mean, I think with – especially if they go out and get him somebody in free agency, you know, I feel like there's no way he's going to go back to college. But, I mean, if that line's bad, if you're Trevor, you might have to do it. I just thought it was an interesting take. I thought it was worth the discussion. Um, I just – you know, there's two coaches I don't understand who have a job still to this point. I, I think both teams – do you think the Jets not being able to beat the Broncos at home with a quarterback I had never heard of? Brett Ripon. Um, yeah. I, I knew – once someone told me his name and they were like, he went to Boise State, I'm like, yeah, I remember that now. Do you think the Jets have a good chance to go winless? Or do you think that's pretty hard to do in today's game? Because I think you can luck into one win. I think it's pretty hard to go 0-16. Just want to get your thoughts on that. I'm going to agree with you. I think it's pretty hard to go in 16. I think you can catch a team whose season gets derailed at the end of the season who kind of, you know, takes you very lackluster and doesn't give a damn. And you come in there, guns a-blazing, looking to get one win on the season once you're 0-13, you know, 0-12. I yeah. feel like, let's put it this way, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets went winless, but at the same time, I think they would. If, someone, if I had to bet one of the two, I would probably take the Jets to win one game. Hey. My max bet before the season started was Jets win total over six and a half. Oh man, am I feeling good about ca- about cashing that one soon? You mean under? Yeah, that's what I, what I say. I thought you, I think you said over. And I'm no, like, no, 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 no. I meant under. Yeah, that's looking good, my friend. That's all I got this week, though. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for this week. Unless did I, did we did I forget a topic? Do we have anything more to talk about? No, nah, we're good to go on everything. We'll get Ben back in here once again next week. We'll get a, a little baseball, college football, NFL. We'll get everything going again next week. But appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll see you all again soon.